is Kiki Rai, and you're listening to For the... listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from WoW Dogs, and For the Lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Hello and welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger, coming to you on Monday, the 14th of June. And with me, same as usual, I've got Vince from MassiveNerd.net. And Joe will be with us shortly, but he is running a little bit late. Now, for those of you who are not aware, E3 is started and going strong. It actually started yesterday with a little bit of news from Microsoft. Today, we got a whack load more Microsoft news, as well as some news from EA and some other people. So I've been following this quite a bit. And you too, Vince, you've found actually some stuff that I had not found, like the um, the Bioware stuff, where they talked about the Old Republic. Yeah, they, they walked up on stage literally like 10 minutes before we started broadcasting. I was like, get on the stream now. <laughs> well, the the I got in only when they were showing the trailer, which I had seen earlier. You had actually sent me the link earlier today. And it was the, the new trailer, which I will put the link in the show notes. People, if you have not seen this trailer and you had any doubts about how friggin' cool this game is going to be, you are going to want to to watch this trailer it was phenomenal and i mean i'm not just talking about from an artistic standpoint because i mean it looks gorgeous the special effects the the way that the people move and everything is unbelievable but just from a holy crap i want to play that game now that's what it made me think I'm in love with that freaking Jedi. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of hard not to be. Like, good God. That was the other thing. Um, but interestingly, interestingly enough, prior to the trailer, they were talking about the personal air or spaceships that everybody's going to be getting. Now, that's something that you actually saw him talk about. And then I did a little bit of research afterwards and found what they were talking about. Um, why don't you run us through what they were talking about, though? Well, all they really said was, oh, hey, here's a spaceship. Have fun. But uh, <laughs> like I said they're, they're Bioware. They walked up there, said two sentences, played a video and every, they got a standing ovation. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> Deservedly yeah, that, so. yeah, that uh, IGN article you found was actually really uh, helpful with it. They were saying that your actual ships are going to be dependent on your class, which is pretty cool. You know, a bounty hunter is probably going to have something, you know, slave one ish, whereas a smuggler is going to have something you know, a little faster and sleeker, I would assume. This is Bioware, why wouldn't they? And they also said that, you know, it's not just a ship, it's your personal space. You're going to be able to customize it, which is great because, you know, it, you're taking place in this game all across the galaxy. You have to have a place to call your own. It might as well be your spaceship. 
Well, what's what it's um, striking me very much as is again player housing. So instead of making it where in they have to set that kind of thing up on any number of planets or whatever, it's just going to be boom your ship. What I like though is that it sounds very much like they're doing it right versus the your ship say in Star Trek online where people have been wanting it to be more like a personal uh, housing thing but it's they've been taking far too long in implementing a lot of things that people wanted whereas this here it, it sounds very much like again it'll be your your player house and the fact that you're going to be able to customize it some of it they're saying is going to be just cosmetic changes whereas some will actually have some significant impact on your ship that ha that's a, a huge impact on on the game and immersing yourself in the game because again that's something that's very much a part of th that canon so t to me that was amazing yeah, I, I can see it now. Like you, you know, you'll you'll hit me up. Hey, Vince, let's go on this uh, quest together. Ah, oh, sorry, I can't right now. I'm painting my spaceship <laughs> with cool flames. And then they were also talking about the um, PvP as well on it. Yeah, um, they again, they didn't say much, but they said yes, there is PvP. And what was that? Give me one second here. That they're going to be what they call war zones, which are going to be reenactments or reimagining of famous battles in the Star Wars lore. And the only one they've announced so far is going to take place on Alderaan, which since they announced it at this time, I think is going to be very similar to that battle we just saw in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would make sense. That Which is awesome. I mean, and it will certainly allow them to come up with a lot of specific battle zones based on things that we've seen in the movies and then i'm sure at some point they can also toss in some canon perhaps from the clone wars um cartoon and whatnot so they'll be able to go for quite a while with essentially battlegrounds but battlegrounds that will be familiar to what you've seen in the shows yeah not just throwing something out there just for the hell of it basically yeah cool um so that was uh ea although they apparently at the booth too they were talking about um the uh hold on i'm trying to find it damn it the there's a rumor that they're going to be talking about the mass effect and dragon age sequels so that hasn't been done yet that i know of although they did talk about um mass effect the dlc that's coming out i believe it's coming out tomorrow is it not uh, yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Overlord. Yeah. So they did talk about that, which is, well, they're they're talking about that at their booth. So that's, it, it's nothing new, but I mean, it is coming out tomorrow. Yeah, so, all I really paid, paid attention to with their uh, little briefing today was the Old Republic, and they showed off some Bullet Storm, which looks really freaking cool. Yeah. There were a bunch of trailers that came out today that were... Just absolutely insane. The Assassin's Creed Brotherhood um, trailer was awesome. But I mean, Ubisoft does really good trailers for Assassin's Creed. They always have. And this one is no exception. So this one here, they're looking at the game coming out on the 16th of November. This XCON trailer was really freaking cool from 2K. And it's a first person shooter where you're shooting this freaking black goop that I don't know if it's other from another dimension or from another world. Uh, it attacks people. Did you watch that trailer? No, I didn't catch that one. Okay, it's There's awesome. so many. How can you pick oh, yeah. 
it, it is actually a really cool trailer and it does look like it'd be a fun shooter um I, I mean it doesn't stand out that much from a lot of the other ones but it still looked like it was pretty cool um we had home front as well which um well done and somewhat scary too with the uh the north korea attack kind of thing um and then this enslaved is something that we had seen some of before it's the developers of heavenly sword and it's basically this uh, this guy and chick that are connected and it's post-apocalyptic kind of thing which there's a lot of those right now um obviously oh, isn't, isn't that one that's like the the journey to the west one is that what the it enslaved? is? Yeah. Yes, I think it's yes, it is. Yes, magic. it is. Yeah. It, it's a good trailer and the game looks good. I hope that it's going to have a lot more than the, uh, than Heavenly Sword. Um, Heavenly Sword was fun to play and cool, but it certainly wasn't that long. Um, but this here, it, it does look fairly interesting. Uh, post-apocalyptic again, we've got um, Fallout New Vegas, which we've been seeing more from as a, uh, what the last couple of weeks we've been seeing quite a bit more of this. They're starting with their pre-sales as well, with the pre-sale bonuses on Steam and at Walmart right now. I don't know if any others have opened up, but that's uh, that's what it was uh, up until just a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it is about New Vegas. As much as I loved Fallout Three, I'm kind of apathetic about New Vegas. I don't know what it's going to be like. I honestly, I. I don't know. I, I'm certainly willing to give it a shot, but I'm thinking I'm going to actually wait a little bit until it gets a couple of reviews before I uh, I decide if it's going to be a purchase or a, uh, yeah. a rental. From the developers of Alpha Protocol, so... Yeah, hmm. that's the thing, too. So, yeah, it's not <laughs> the same developers. Um, so, what did we see today? Today was the uh, Microsoft um, show. Uh, and then tomorrow we're looking at Nintendo and Sony. But today was uh, Microsoft. Now, we, we already knew from yesterday that the um, Project Natal is no longer Project Natal. It's now Connect with a K. I think it's a ridiculous name. I had no problems pronouncing Natal. That being said, I apparently had a problem pronouncing Deus last week. It, was, it came out Deus. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's all right. We I all felt, have our quirks. Yeah, I, I did because Joe actually was having a problem with accolades last week too. So it's all right. It wasn't just me. Um, Thaumaturge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyways, I actually preferred Natal over this Connect. I really think that's somewhat ridiculous. But regardless, they made a big deal about the name change. Um, so they talked a lot about connect um i was hoping that they would have gotten most of it out of their system on sunday so that they can concentrate more on games today however there was a large portion of the show that was dedicated to the connect and to the games with the connect i mean case in point like they the they talked about um gears of war immediately they talked about um halo a little later on they covered um what else did they cover uh, they they showed off some um, Call of Duty Black Ops, talking about their uh, exclusive uh, DLC deal with Activision. Yeah. They also talked about, uh, they had a, a trailer also for the Alan Wake DLC right off the bat. It, actually, that was just prior to the show, but it was it was fairly interesting. Um, and they introduced uh, they, uh, they interviewed the dev from Remedy as well to talk about it, which was, again, pretty cool. If you It made me want to play Alan Wake. So... Yeah, no. Even though I know a lot of what's going on now, having heard your review of it and listened to them talk about it, no, it sounds really cool. And then they um, 
the the Fable Three, like I said earlier in the pre-show, Moneyner went on stage was literally on stage for maybe a minute, and he looked pretty edgy. I don't know why. Um, certainly not in his groove. And then they played the a new trailer, and that was it. And this is supposed to be a big game for Microsoft right now. And there was no time. It, all the time was spent on the first-person shooters. There was very little time. I mean, they, they showed a trailer also for Kingdoms, I think it was called. The new Crytek yeah, not, game. Not even so much a trailer, just kind of a teaser. And, and it wasn't even a teaser. I mean, you, don't expect us to get excited about a game where you're showing a trailer with real actors and no in-game footage that we have absolutely no clue what this is about so maybe the cgi is that good yeah really <laughs> okay I'll, the the cgi was a drop of blood going all the way down and down the sword that was the extent of the cgi but uh but no and then they spent that huge chunk of time on the games for the connect and also the interface for the connect and using the connect with your xbox for entertainment purposes which i mean really nice kind of minority report thing where you're moving and this and that and yeah it's damn cool and all that um but they they, though they dated it it's coming out oh damn did they say the fourth i think the fourth of november yeah november 4th yeah they did not mention a price the rumor has been the 150 point and they did not say anything about a price and when they talked to the devs later on after the show they were saying no our announcement here was when it's coming out and giving more demonstrations not about the price to me that means that either you haven't decided yet or it's going to be high it's going to be that 150 wherein it's going to be more of a select group of people who can afford to add it in because when you're looking at the games that are going to be coming out really everything that they demonstrated there was a huge emphasis on these get fit things whether it was the the games the sports that came with it um well not came with it but that's the microsoft sports which is like again you're looking at wii sports kind of thing uh mentality the um, ubisoft sports trainer thing as well which it, i mean i'm not going to deny it was damn cool but really it wasn't enough to it's certainly not enough to make somebody want to spend 150 bucks on a Kinect. And then the um, the little fun games, too, a lot of them are just silly bouncing around. There really wasn't a ton there that would make you want to spend that much money. The animals thing was a cute thing that, yes, a young child will have a lot of fun with. It's basically just a souped-up Nintendogs with a Bengal tiger. Very cool, but... Again, not worth spending that much money on a game. And then the racing games, you got your Joyride, which again, though fun looking, certainly does not appear to be something that you would want to spend that much money on. And then the same thing with the um, the Forza. Now, the Forza, it did look like perhaps they were going to be putting a lot more into it, but they didn't show a lot more of it, which leads me to believe that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on it. All right, we're back, folks, and we've got Joe with us now. So we were talking about the Microsoft uh, showing today, and as I said, there was a lot of time that was spent on the Connect. Now, at the end of the their demonstration, they did announce the new Slim 360, which we had uh, basically 
seen the leaked ad for it yesterday, so it wasn't much of a surprise, but we'll go into that a little bit more. So when we're looking at the Kinect and we're looking at everything that they announce game-wise, Vince, do you even think that it's worth picking up at this point? Not at this point, but when it comes out. I'm going to give a two-part answer here. One, if I had a family, I would probably pick it up because it does seem like something I would buy if I had kids and or something. But at this price point, it moves away from peripheral almost to its own system at $150 plus. Yep. And the, with the software they're presenting, they're, pre- they're really presenting peripheral software, not you know, mm-hmm. core software. Well, they're not, they're not, this is something that they talked about also um, on their post show. They're really not appealing to hardcore gamers with any of the showing, with the exception of, say, Forza, but they didn't show enough of Forza to show how in-depth it will be, how much control you'll have over the cars, things like that. Um, but that was the only one, really. I mean, the, the Star Wars entry, though it looked interesting, it, it certainly, I don't know, when I was watching it, all I could kept thinking is how disjointed the Avatar looked from the action on the screen. Yeah. So to me, it didn't sell me at all, which is what I would have assumed is what they really wanted it to do. So well, actually, I, what, it's, what it seems like on that Star Wars footage, if you look closely, it was actually just um, a pre-recorded scene and they had the actor on stage pretending like he was playing because mm-hmm. uh, at, at some points the avatar would move before the actor. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that the avatar didn't look like it belonged in the world. Even it looked like it was when you looked at watch the, the, the video footage again, when the when the avatar's lightsaber is hitting one of the, the, the dudes, um, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't look right. It it it's not the the avatar is not immersed in that game world. It's like an afterthought kind of thing. And I don't know if that's because the game is not finished development yet, or just that that's what you're going to be able to expect. Like when he's flinging around his lightsaber too to to reflect all of the the shots that are coming towards him. The shots aren't even close to him. Which leads me to believe you could just wave your arms around like, you know, some freak without their helmet and you're going to be bouncing back lasers. So it it didn't impress me. And so you're looking at, again, the very fun little games that with someone like myself with a family. Yeah, if, if I have 150 to just to blow for fun stuff. I know my family would have a blast with that game. Um, I know that like my my daughters and and potentially the wife would have a blast with the dancing game too. Which, by the way, that nerd dude who did the <laughs> dancing thing, whatever he is getting paid, he is not getting paid enough. Microsoft has to give this guy a huge bonus to make such an idiot of himself on stage but like so yeah there wasn't really anything that i personally it didn't grab me as much as i was hoping that it would joe what about yourself for a 150 plus price point i'll stick with the wii um honestly the last time they did a huge peripheral that was targeted at a hardcore gamer and i don't know if anybody remembers it there was like this mech warrior title that had this very complicated uh control steel system. battalion steel battalion thank you i wanted that so bad <laughs> the game it's the game alone was 60 dollars. the controller for the game was 200 dollars. just the controller and that sold to a very, very tiny niche market. And the more I'm looking at this, this uh, connect, the more I'm looking at what they they have planned for it. It's like, 
it seems like very chintzy software, very peripheral software for a very expensive peripheral. And if I'm going to spend damn near $200 on something, I want to make sure that it works and works well. And if I'm going to have interactive gameplay like that, where I'm going to be forced to get off my ass and move around, I'm going to go with somebody that's been doing it, has gotten a good chunk of the bugs out and does it well. I'll go to my Nintendo. Um, I don't know if you guys have played Red Steel 2 at all. No. Yes, no. No. Okay. It takes full effect of the Wii Motion Plus, and it's flawless, absolutely flawless. You want to swing your sword in real time? Great. You want to switch to a gun and aim? Absolutely flawless tracking. I look at that, and I'm like, well, that was $60 for a game, and I got the Wii Motion Plus when I bought an extra controller for free, and I already have the $200 system. So when I look at that, you know, and compare it to this, all I'm seeing is I'm seeing buggy software right out the gate, which at E3, I mean, you kind of expect to see a little bit of a bug, but not to like you guys were talking about how the avatar didn't seem to be necessary or, or like it was an afterthought in the Star Wars world. I completely agree. Even if it was pre, pre-recorded, which I'm with Sam, I think it was, um, it just seemed like it was just hobbled together. And that's not what you want to see at E3. You'd rather see a polished trailer than, you know, a game that's supposed to be taking advantage of your new technology that just looks awful. You know, it doesn't really sell you on the technology. I will not be picking this up. I, I, I think that I have pretty much made my decision based purely on what they've shown us so far. It just seems like they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. They heard that Sony's going to be doing their thing. Nintendo's been doing their thing in their own little niche. They want to cash in on it. That's what I think. Okay, Vince, you had another part to your answer to you were saying. Actually, I just didn't do a very good job of uh, differentiating the parts. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Like, the thing is, is that I, I, I do see potential. Uh, I see a lot more potential with this than, say, with the Wii or with the Move, just by virtue of how the, uh, I keep wanting to say Natal, how the Kinect is going to, to operate. And so I, I do like that, that whole minority report thing of being able to go through your movies or just tell it to play or, or things like that. Um, I think that's where we should be heading. And I, I, if done properly, it's nice that we're getting there a little sooner than later. I actually use my 360 very much as an entertainment system as well because I've got it hooked up to the server. So basically mm-hmm. any shows or whatever I'm playing through there. So because of that, it is something that I can see myself enjoying just being able to you know, tap with your finger and get into whatever direct the directory you need and fast forward or rewind. I, I, I kind of like that. I think that's kind of neat, but that's not worth $150. I mean, you can, you can use the freaking gamepad to do that kind of thing and just fast forward using that. So at that point, then you're looking at, okay, well then you need some really strong games to be able to sell me on this concept. The dance one personally for me, obviously no, the animal one is my kids are too old to be taken in by a cutesy little game like that at this point now. So that's not going to sell me either. Um, the Joyride game was far too, I would rather play Mario Kart than I would that. So that score one for Nintendo there that got it right, right out of the gate with Mario Kart. And, um, and then when you're looking at the other games again, it's, well, the sports, hey, I'm not really even doing sports stuff right now because I can't bounce around. But even if I was, I having done the sports stuff with the Wii, I'm kind of past that point now in gaming. It, it, the, the novelty of the fun little bowling sports game is pretty much done with me now. I'm interested in Forza and what they can do. 
uh, a real racing game done properly where perhaps you can shift. I don't know how they're going to do the braking because I can't imagine it's going to see your feet as well. Um, I think they were talking about kind of like shifting your body from side to side and like moving your hands forward and backwards for like the acceleration. Yeah, and shifting. that's that's too. That, well, they did that. They did that for the the joyride where you could see her when she was leaning forward. The boosters would kind of go off, but then she was also saying booster or whatever. So I don't know if if it's that her saying it was activating it or if it was her motion. So, but yeah, no, if you, if we're talking where I have to lean forward or back whenever I want to slow down or speed up, that's not going to be cool. I'd rather nope. something where they figure out with one hand or another, you're breaking or like they can make it something as simple as again, a, just a handbrake that you activate with your, your left hand kind of thing that would work for your, your drifting around corners. So I'm really interested, but you could tell from the trailer that really they had not put, well, maybe they did put a lot of work, but, there certainly is a long way to go. But again, we're still looking at like November before this sucker is coming out anyways. Yeah, I'm not thoroughly impressed. And also with the, the whole leaning forward and leaning back, let's face it. Most of the gamers out there were not in the best shape in the world. And that shape tends to be a little round. When you tend to be a little round, you tend to have back problems. Making me lean forward and back, not helping at all. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So basically, I mean, that was it. And then they talked about um, the new Slim, which you're looking at a 250 gig hard drive in it. It's got Wi-Fi built in, which is nice. Finally, you're not going to have to spend 100 bucks on an adapter. Um, And then it's smaller. It's supposed to be more quiet. That would be good. Um, (laughs) I'd really like to see just how quiet that sucker is because the existing ones, yeah, they more than just a little loud. Well, I have uh, one of the the newer ones with the the Jasper chipset and it's actually pretty quiet, so. That's what I've got. Mine still makes a racket. It it's <laughs> still loud. Yeah, my old one was like a freaking helicopter, but now this one I haven't noticed much. See, mine's not that bad. I mean, I leave mine on uh, to charge my controller uh, cuz I have the, the just bought the uh, the charge kit for it and I don't even notice it. Um the one thing I have a question for with the Slim is uh, how the hell the heat is going to work on it. Because the first set had a very large design flaw uh, where yeah. it was an ine- it's an inevitability that it will break. It is not a question of if, it is a question of when. The only one to escape that was the elites. So and No, with- no, the, the elites were didn't escape it. It was a little, your odds were better. Um, yes, but, but I mean, it was, an, it was an if with the elites. It wasn't a when. Um, with the, the slim though, I'm kind of curious of how the hell they fix the damn airflow problems. Cause you're, you're reducing the size, but you're keeping most of the same hardware. I mean, am I going to be wrapping a blanket around this thing in the first week and hoping that it resets the, uh, the airflow by melting the chipset again? You know, I, I'm a I don't know. The, you can still have something pretty small that as long as the airflow is done properly, as long as, long as your heat sinks are, are good and things like that, that you're not going to have the same problems. Just looking at the design from what they showed, too, there seemed to be a lot of ventilation on top, and the hard drive was on the bottom. So instead of having that removable hard drive like exists now, it's a hard drive that they pried the bottom off, and the hard drive was in a slot. Granted, it was a hard drive that was in a casing so it's not like it doesn't appear that you're just going to be able to change the hard drive like you can on the ps3 so it's still they're screwing you one way or another with that kind of thing but uh but there appeared to be again a lot of ventilation on top of the unit so to me that leads me to believe that there's going to be a lot more circulation of the air plus again heat rises 
So no, I don't know. In theory. And, well, no, it does. Um, and as for it, well, <laughs> true, like heat rises. <laughs> the okay, yeah. Um, like I've got an elite, and she busted. I had to send it back and get another one. So the elite certainly did not resolve the problems um, that are prevalent in the 360. So yeah, I would really. I'm looking forward to when this sucker gets torn apart by the people who tear apart systems just to see how they work now um, go go destructoids go yeah let's it's see what you can done by now <laughs> well they're being shipped out to distributors today so uh, i don't know when they're well, gonna yeah, be on shelves I, I know some websites and stuff already have their hands on them so i'm sure it's only a matter of time yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing that now in terms of what's coming up we've got uh hold on i chew on some ice jeez i'm having a pina colada <laughs> And I, I tried to make one that wasn't like all crushed ice so that I wasn't slurping, but instead I got a chunk of ice in my mouth. Anyways, tomorrow we've got, uh, <laughs> moving right along, uh, tomorrow we've got Nintendo and we've got Sony, and then we're going to continue seeing a lot of stuff from a variety of developers. We've got like, I mean, 2K, we've got, um, and they've got a pretty big showing, Bethesda, Capcom, a whole bunch of, of guys right now, and uh, D3. And they're going to be hopefully, potentially talking about Puzzle Quest 2. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. And I know it makes me Oh, dude. Oh, please. I'm sure Vince can't wait either. Please. Oh, not, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> they had um, Puzzle Quest episode one and two free for the iPhone um, last this weekend. And so I made sure to pick them up again. So basically now I I have it on everything. <laughs> like if I want to play Puzzle Quest, I could do it anywhere at any time. So, yeah, I cannot wait for two. But uh, in terms of the Nintendo and the Sony, I actually haven't read too much in terms of what we can expect from the boys. Have you guys heard anything? Nintendo heard is go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, all I've heard is Nintendo's playing it close to the chest this year. Um, there's oh, no vitality no, center sensor. No, not that I, let's, I don't let's know. Let's try to avoid that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I've, I've heard that they're, they've been keeping whatever they're going to reveal pretty under, pretty under tight lid. Um, so yeah, I haven't really followed Sony much. I was more concerned with Microsoft at this point. See last so. year, Sony had a, in my opinion, the strongest showing. Last year, Sony was phenomenal, and then Nintendo was crap and ended with the stupid Vitality sensor. So, Vince, you were going to say? Well, for the Wii, we have, we're probably going to see some Epic Mickey, which is uh, yeah. very nice. And I'd say odds are pretty good of us seeing a new version of Zelda coming out for the Wii. Yeah, the, the new one that was supposedly leaked a while ago. Yeah. And then as for the P PS3, I mean, it's going to be just like Microsoft. It's all going to be about their motion control. Yeah, well, when they talked about the motion control last year, the motion control they had was not nearly as polished as Natal was last year. So I can appreciate it more from Sony now that the Wave is more, far more polished and ready for distribution kind of thing that, yeah, they'd want to pimp it a, lot, a little bit more. Here's hoping, however, that they have far more games available for it that are more interesting as well, as opposed to what we saw from Microsoft. I think Sony can do it because Sony tends to, once they have something, it may start out very small, like a small trickle, but before long it turns into a waterfall. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we see like some heavy hitting games behind it. Now, something that I forgot to mention too that we saw at the Microsoft showing today too was, um, oh, damn it. Ah, 
Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. Oh, yes. Dude. Oh, oh my God. For those yes. who did not see it, you have to look for the video. If I can find the video, I will link it in the show notes. If not, just Google it. You will find it. Picture the VATS system from Fallout 3, but instead of a gun, you've got a sword and you are slicing people apart as if you were a chef and they were celery. Okay? Like it was unbelievable how violent and cool i mean when felicia day <laughs> talks about this on twitter and is saying how cool it is to see these people sliced apart and it was it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i want in my games i want i want visceral combat when i want to go combat monkey uh be nice it was be real nuts. nice i mean the it guys, was ridiculous it, it just <laughs> Just clean swipe right through, woof, and then another, and another, and another. And you go like, oh, my God. Oh, one guy where he, like, chopped his leg into three different pieces. Yes. Like, what the hell? I was expecting him to have, like, a little thing of rice in his hands, and then he was, like, making sushi and take the bits of, that he was slicing and put them on. It well, was. <laughs> the thing is, too, is I'm getting excited about this, and I hated the character Raiden. Absolutely hated him. When I played Metal Gear Solid 2, I wanted to smash the disc into a thousand pieces because I absolutely hated that character. But I'm actually starting to get excited just based on the combat alone. It's like, Ninja, go! And I just, yeah, I was, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I want it. I want it now. Want it now. So another strong showing right now, too, is APB, which is now in their Keys to the City event, which was delayed a couple of days and ticked off a few people. Um, however, their Keys to the City event is basically just a wide open beta event kind of thing, even though it was kind of put out initially as a pre-order bonus. I've been seeing a lot more invitations going out all over the place. So it was just a, as a, a really good stress test for their systems and they had to beef up their systems so but the keys to the city is well underway now so it's um they're they're having a strong showing because the game is going to be starting damn soon now yep and uh like i had pre-ordered mine a while back and uh joe you got your keys so you're gonna be playing too i got my keys to the city i will be playing cool and vince are you even thinking about picking this up I'm thinking about it, but, uh, you know, wait and see for me at this point. Not at the top of the list. All right. And we're also seeing a strong showing from Terra. I mean, these guys have been giving a lot more information lately as well. We've getting, been getting information in terms of hitboxes, which is important because the size of the characters varies so much in terms of the races that the hitbox is going to have a strong impact on how you play in terms of the PvP, because because of the way that they're doing it with the movement, we're in, like, say, your archer is going to actually be aiming and not just selecting the character. That hitbox then becomes that much more important. So they've been given information about that. They've got a new trailer as well, which is freaking cool. <laughs> that trailer was awesome, although the music really didn't fit, I, th I found. But uh, did you guys get a chance to see the trailer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got to see our famous wall of Lancers. Yes. It yes. was so cool. <laughs> I, I needed a drill cup. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. it. Again, it made me want to play the game. I'm, I'm just, it's the same thing I've been saying too. I just hope that the lore and the questing is going to be as important and, and 
that they they don't forget that as they're working on the game, which we've every reason to believe that they are working on that. So that's good um, because unfortunately the Korean version initially, again, it was, you got to a certain point and the questing didn't matter and it was a grind, but they're working on it. So as long as they can keep doing that, from everything we're seeing with the combat, they, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't all wait. It looks so goddamn cool. Although they've got friggin' unicorns. They, they've been showing different zones. So there's like the, they've been showing the Fae Force now and they've been showing unicorns, dude. That's not cool. That's not cool. I, I am okay with this. <laughs> I, I'm quite okay with unicorns because I'm going to be playing uh, my goddamn Papori Lancer and I'm going to be a goddamn panda and I'm going to be riding on Earth killing unicorns. I don't care. <laughs> there will be unicorns somewhere involved in that. Just saying. It's hilarious. You can tell they tried to make that unicorn as badass as possible, and still, it's <laughs> it just still a didn't unicorn. work. Yes, no. <laughs> so but it's okay. We still we still love you guys. <laughs> yeah, no the uh, the trailer. I'm actually going to be playing the trailer here. There's a commercial first, but for anybody in the live audience, you'll be able to see the trailer in a moment for Terra. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 great because with all of the uh, postmortems that they're doing for the game as well, and for they're really sending the guys out for interviews all over the place. So we're seeing like Brian Knox has been several places where we're getting to hear a lot more information. So and they're they're talking again a lot about that questing past the the midpoint, so that you're not just grinding out your your levels. You're you're actually playing and enjoying the storylines and everything else because it is so rich with potential that you know at least they recognize that and they're tapping into it you got nothing yeah. okay no i mean I, I i mean it's just watching the development of the game watching the information that's coming out for uh watching how much they're talking about it not for the various uh dev blogs the news outlets that they're you know giving information to um including everything they're posting just based just right on their site the game really is shaping up to be I mean, a solid piece and i think that's more than than anybody has asked for any game um in the last couple of years and on top of that we know that these guys are passionate about the game so i'm i'm feeling good uh, that there is going to be a good storyline i'm feeling good that the questing is going to be nice i'm feeling i'm feeling okay with the fact that you know there's going to be different uh tactical combat situations you know so i'm really i'm i'm feeling good about it like i'm not jumping up and like clicking my heels and saying yippee right now because I want to wait and see. I want to get my hands on it. I want to be in the game. But everything I'm seeing is just leading me down this road where it's like, yeah, I want to play this game. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I'm hanging for every morsel of, of, of information that comes, you know, trickles down from the table of the devs there, you know? Well, another game that we are doing that for right now is Guild Wars 2. Yes. They announced the Warrior. Now, for anybody who played Guild Wars, the, uh, the original one, and messed around a lot with the professions, personally, me, I always preferred the Warrior. And I always got the impression that so did ArenaNet. The Warrior was a phenomenal class in the original. Now, granted, there may have been a ton of updates over time during which I wasn't playing where they, they I don't want to say evened out the classes because the classes were even, but they made the other ones far more interesting. But I always found the Warrior to be absolutely fantastic in Guild Wars. And having seen what they've showed with the Warrior in Guild Wars 2, Apparently the same holds true. This guy is a master of 
every type of weapon. You can hot swap your weapons in battle as well. Now, keep in mind, again, like they said before, your weapon is going to take up a number of your skill slots. So whatever weapon you equip is going to have an impact on what skills you can do. Well, by allowing you to hot swap your weapons during battle, they're going to make it so that you can use variety of skills at the beginning of battle to pull or to start a fight while you're in it if all of a sudden you pull an extra group of mobs and you suddenly need to do a lot of aoe to gain aggro or whatever i mean any number of things plus you're going to have the ability if you choose to use a skill wherein there's no cooldown when you hot swap in battle as well and then you've got the other ability that you can use um, chains which allows you to put a set of three skills that work together meaning that you're going to have more skills at your disposal than what they've announced so far for the elementalist. Oh my God. <laughs> All I can say is when I saw this, I immediately thought of the old school dungeons and dragons warrior. Cause this is what a warrior in my mind has always been master of arms, master of combat, the, you know, the, the person that can do all this ridiculous bullshit that you hear in the sagas of the old world. And they're giving it to us as a player class. They're finally giving us something that I'm sitting there foaming at the mouth. It's like, yes, this is what I think. I mean, I can see this person in plate mail charging into the, the middle of combat, you know, drops his axe, pops open his long sword, starts wailing at everything. All of a sudden, it starts losing the threat, drops the sword, starts grabbing the hammer, starts popping AOE damage. I mean, I don't know. I just, it seems like it's going to be a very dynamic, very fun, and very involved class. Yes. And that's what I love. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm foaming at the mouth for this particular game because one thing I've always, I mean, since I I've gotten into Guild Wars. Thank you again, Roger. I have loved the intricacy and just making choices for your character to make the gameplay interesting and to see such depth in a character class like this. Yes. Yeah. Well, you I'm really are going to have to be planning far in advance. But the thing that I like, too, is that it's going to create if you go the route of using um stance it was no stance not stances something else wherein you're doing a lot of your hot swapping of your weapons and whatnot if you go that route that means that you're going to then be having an inventory of weapons for specific encounters which means that you're not just looking for that one sword that's going to be your main sword for the rest of the end game kind of thing no you're going to want a variety of weapons but on top of that it means that you're going to have to have you're going to have that frenetic kind of play style where you're going to have to be swapping your weapons out and, and making sure to be aware of what skills each of them have, especially if you're looking at the chains as well, which is then going to affect your, your actual class profession skills as well. The ones that you're going to use, like I can see the elementalist being far more of the, well, to equate it to, to WoW, say, the the hunter-type character that just has a couple of buttons that they have to push kind of thing in a fight, and that's it. Whereas the warrior is going to be absolutely insane to play where you can't, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, and you can't stop thinking about what you're going to do next. Well, not only that, imagine like in a PvP setting, you don't know what that warrior is going to come after you with. You can't prepare for that warrior until he starts swinging at you. Yeah. But that's part of the fun, in my opinion, because... Oh, yeah. 
I mean, everything is way too formulaic when we get into these games. I mean, WoW is a good example. When you see a rogue, you know one of three things is going to happen. Uh, when you see a warrior and he's not wearing a shield and he's wearing, you know, wielding two two-handers, you know what's going to happen. Uh, you see a shaman with the poop shield going, you know what's going to happen. So, I mean, it, it, it adds an element of, of, like you said, frantic gameplay, which has been missing. And it's a little bit of twitch. It's a little bit of reflex. It's a little bit of you as a player need to pay attention and catch this stuff. And I kind of like that. I kind of, it's something that I think has been missing from games for way too long. Yeah. No. So yeah, very, very much looking forward to this. Um, just like the Terra guys, whenever we're getting information right now on Guild Wars 2, I am, I'm impressed with each one. I'm impressed. It's not that they are just holding my interest. It's getting more and more where I cannot wait to play this game as well. Um, so what other news did we get this week? Well, we also got some news about Cataclysm. However, it wasn't, in my opinion, the best of news. <laughs> it was Cataclysm getting nerfed, essentially. Boo. Joel, I'll let you... Kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, Vince right. is not happy about it either. <laughs> All right. I understand why some of the stuff was, was changed. Um, I'll talk about Path of the Titans real quick. Um, Path of the Titans is being removed from the game. Um, from a balance standpoint, I kind of understand what they wanted to do. Um, it seemed like an interesting concept. However, it, since it had no real direct impact on the game and they had to make it super generic, because if they didn't make it super generic, um, you'd have a healer that went one path of the time, like path of INR um, and nothing else and had a certain cookie cutter set of things that they would go for. Um, what they're doing instead is they're taking that away and they're adding a third layer of glyphs. This is kind of interesting because they're also overhauling the glyph system. Inscriptionists are going to be pissed because once a player learns a glyph, they know that glyph indefinitely. They're going to be able to swap out between sets of glyphs um, basically once they learn them. So they pay for it, they learn it, that's it. That's all there is to it. Um, so it's kind of killing one trade skill in a, in a certain regard, but it's opening up a new set of possibilities for players, especially hybrid players like druids and shamans who tend to get shafted when switching roles uh, and needing to swap out glyphs. Even when you have dual specs, sometimes you need to spend a lot more money on it. Um, let's see what else. That being said, though, when you're talking about they took away from the the guild stuff, but they're giving you another glyph. Didn't talk about the guild stuff yet. Okay, well, sorry, whatever. Um, the, the, the glyph that they're giving you, they point blank said, too, is going to be much more of a... How did they word it? Um... It's not nearly fun. as important, and it's exactly more of a fun glyph. So but, that has no impact in your gameplay in terms of, well, you know, the, it's just... A, about, okay, uh, let, me, let, me, let me just real quick. Remember when Wrath of the Lich King was first being talked about, and they talked about glyphs that were going to allow you to change the color of spells, or allow you to change, like, your forms and how they looked. Uh, particularly shamans are going to have two different forms that they can apply to their, their ghost wolf to make them unique. Um, there are going to be different ways that you can, you can change, like, spell effects through glyphing systems. What if they're bringing that back? But that's a far cry from what they were talking about was going to be in there from the, for, for Kata, though. Well, they haven't really gone into too much detail about that particular set of glyphs or what they're going to be. They said they're going to be more fun. So allowing players to change the color of their spell, like I can have a purple purple chain heal, that'd be freaking awesome. I'd totally be Prince. You know, I mean, <laughs> stuff like that I can see being fun and opening up another set of avenues uh, for players to customize their characters and have more fun with it. Maybe. 
okay, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I, I like the fact that they're trying to increase the fun factor ever so slightly. Well, focusing on the glyphs for a second here, they, and at least from what I've seen, they can't even get the glyphs they have right. I mean, as, as a warlock main, I, I have glyph of unending breath as one of my miners, just because I had nothing else to put there. How about you actually give us some more interesting glyphs for the slots we have before you throw in three extra slots? Well, there was further, um, there's been a series of interviews since the original one. Um, we're talking about, there's been some on Wowhead, there's been some on uh, World of Raids, and they're talking about overhauling all of the stuff that people are complaining about. This includes minor glyphs. So we may see more interesting minor glyphs, uh, more options for minor glyphs, things that are actually useful. So I don't know. I mean, that's one of those things where I'm going to say, wait and see. Um, I will move away from that real quick and just talk about the guild talents. Guild talents were one of the things that at last year's BlizzCon were hyped up, uh, allowing guilds to choose a path, just like a player set of talents, as the guild earned credit and leveled. Um, there was a problem with this. This has the potential to be a guild killer. Okay, When you have half the guild that wants you to pick a certain set of of options and the other half of the guild wants you to pick another set of options that can cause friction especially with some of the awesome choices that they're talking about putting in there with more gold from drops um talking about a mass resurrection mass teleports things like that what they're doing is they're not really getting rid of the talents they're just getting rid of the choice um guilds are going to have 25 levels that they can reach and every time they reach a level they are rewarded with an ability automatically now what this does is it takes away the the, the player input I understand that, but it also makes sure that you're not going to have like world top guilds uh, splintering or it's not going to have guilds that have been around forever having an argument over one silly fucking talent point and then dying. And this was actually a concern. This is one of the things that if you go through all the forums people were talking about, I can see how this would kill it. So I kind of understand what they're doing there. Um, I also like the idea that they're removing guild currency. Um, it's just unlocked after a certain while. That means that you don't have to choose a reward, which again can cause friction. It's you have a certain set of options, like gaining a different rep level with uh, any of the rep reps in the game and, and Northrend in particular. Um, so I think that that's awesome too. And they're also restricting it so that people that just jump into the guild won't be able to buy everything directly. Uh, they'll have to contribute to the guild before that stuff is allowed to them. Very similar to like Urian Rep with the Karen Tor. So I kind of see what they're doing there. And I think it has the potential to actually still be cool without being a player breaking experience, which it had the, the potential to be soul crushing. It really did. Anybody? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I I, I, didn't I figured you had more backwards. Oh, I, I have more, but it's <laughs> it's going back again. But if if Joe has nothing else to add, I'm going to re rewind the conversation a bit here. <laughs> back to the Path of Titans, because as has been discussed many times, I, I'm not really that into Warcraft anymore. And when BlizzCon came around last year, and we all heard about Cataclysm, it was like, oh, okay, Worgen, uh, Goblins, uh, Deathwing. Uh, okay, I, it, it was all right, but it didn't pique my interest. The thing that really got me interested was the archaeology and the Path of the Titans, because this was finally a way that they were tying our character advancement in with the story of the game. And I thought it was awesome. I was really looking forward to it. As someone that doesn't raid, is barely PVPs, the one thing I like doing is crafting a character, you know, tweaking their stats, getting everything just right, you know, getting that talent build that I think is fun as hell for me to play. I don't care what anybody else says. And it seemed like Path of the Titans was tailor-made for me. 
and now they've thrown it out the window. And I'm just so disappointed with that. But they're keeping archaeology around and it just doesn't do anything anymore. Like, OK, cool. We still get all the awesome story bits, but I it just seems like they, they've kept it around just to keep the lore nerds satisfied without really wanting to do anything with it anymore. Yeah, the archaeology sounds like it's really taken a nosedive. I, I can see that potentially happening with, with archaeology not, you know, being as intricate as it was before. Again, from a development standpoint, I can kind of understand why they went that route. Um, the way that they were toting it is they were essentially adding two secondary uh, professions to the game, archaeology and Path of the Titans, was essentially going to wind up being a replacement secondary profession. Um, you leveled it up and you earned rewards based on that leveling. I kind of understand that. But it also required you to add an element of grinding because the way they had proposed archaeology before was you had to do an instance multiple times and earn archaeology points by finding things in that instance in order to uh, essentially raise to the next level. And then eventually, if you got enough of the lore of that instance, you do something cool, like be able to teleport there. Um, I kind of understand why they wouldn't allow that to happen. I don't know if you guys, um, if you remember AQ40, AQ40 had things that you had to earn for rep, whether they were drops off of bosses, um, idols and scarabs that dropped off of uh, chests that were, you know, had to go through and players collected keys to unlock. It became very competitive. So you had a lot of people were rushing ahead to try to get the the chests. A lot of people were, were fighting among themselves. So how do you make it so a resource point is still rare enough that not everybody gets every benefit all the way through immediately, but it's not so rare that only one person gets it at a time and creates infighting. It seems to me that a lot of the changes, especially with the professions and the guild leveling, it really seems to be making sure players stay in the game and don't splinter socially. And I mean, let's face it, it is a social game. You cannot go anywhere without running into another player, whether it's an opposite faction or the same faction. And you may love or hate them, um, but you will interact with them on some level. And so making sure that you still are friends with your friends is actually a you know, a good point that they want to make sure that they keep. So I can kind of understand that. And they're not changing it so much that it's going to be out of place. Um, you know, common artifacts will give you lore on uh, specific races and instances. That's still there. That's not changed. They said that that was going to happen uh, back at BlizzCon 09. Um, and they said that rare items will give you usable items. Uh, well, most will be cosmetic, but some will have actual effects, which is pretty much like fishing pumped up and i'm okay with that i think that's okay i think that's going to make it a nice secondary skill it also makes it optional it's not necessary i mean before if it was i earn a teleport to the dungeon everybody and their mother is going to be leveling that secondary skill guarantee it everybody's going to be concentrated on doing that now they make it more optional and more fun so I, i i'm okay with it in that regard well, I'm not saying it's not the right design choice. I'm not saying that the community as a whole isn't going to be better off for it. It's just like they 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 bored into my head and looked for the exact points of the game that I was most looking forward to. And they said, hey, Vince, that guy down there, fuck that guy. All right. We're going to rip his soul out of this game and not make him want to play it anymore. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have a soul? <laughs> yeah. I'm a warlock. I got plenty of them. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a two-minute break, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
Can we say we're back so I can yell about something? It has to be like now? Well, soon. Soon. <laughs> it, okay. It's wild related. It's wild related and we're on that topic. <laughs> well, we left that topic. We, we were going to move on to another topic. I have to do one yelling and then I'm done. One yelling. <laughs> one yelling. Well, get it out of your system now then. All right. One of the other changes that are coming is the the whole Grim Batal raid. Uh, it is now being changed so that you you do get to fight Chogal, which is awesome. But when you you have to defeat him in heroic mode in order to unlock a lore point, okay? It's a dirty evil secret <laughs> that everybody wants, but you have to defeat him on hard mode. And if it's anything anything like it was with Alduar. Most guilds aren't going to see that until the content is no longer relevant. And that pisses me off because if I have to complete every boss in there on a hard mode and every achievement, I will be fucking pissed. And if it's something stupid like a rezzed Cthulhu, I will fly out there and I will stab somebody in the face with a shiv because that's just bullshit. So or you, yes. you could just watch it on. YouTube like everybody else will. But that it, it, it defeats the, <laughs> the purpose of putting it in the game. You can watch the Algalon raid all you want, but it's I can tell you from from experience, it's different than actually playing it. And for feeling like you're in, immersed in part of the lore, yes, participating in it much, much better than just sitting there and watching it on TV or watching it on the computer. So I think that is a design flaw. And I think that carrying it over into uh, Cataclysm is a mistake. There should be something else something else that you should be able to do to unlock this and that's that's my two cents on it i think it's just horrible especially for an entry-level raid that the first one you're gonna feel you're gonna see i mean how long were we fucking in nox ramas and you know not everybody was able to complete all the all the uh, the achievements in there right away some people had to come back after the content was no longer relevant so yeah just saying okay have fun you're done? We can move on. All right. Yes. Let's move on to some other news right now then. Um, some of the other stuff that happened this week, as we talked about, um, there was the delay with APB, with the keys to the city. But is what we found out that our, our boys, our Aussie friends, are not going to be able to play APB. So that means, Dan, no APB for you. Uh, apparently, they would have to put a server there to deal with latency issues. So they're not doing it. So no APB for the Aussies. So that's a, that's too bad. I like I can understand to a certain degree because it is all about money right now and they can't be stretching out too far beyond their comfort zone until they know just how much money they can expect to be making. That being say, it said, it's disappointing that, again, you're hitting an entire country. Well, they have a lot of hate for the Aussies. <laughs> um, a lot of that has to do. And, 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 and I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yahtzee has it right. The game industry just really fucking, fucking hates 
Australia and they have ridiculous rules. They have ridiculous um, rating systems and ridiculous pricing structures. And they always get shafted in every single game. doesn't matter what game it is. It could be animal crossing 17. They'll still get fucked on it somehow. It's, I don't know what it is with all this hate with the Aussies. I really, really don't. They're cool people. I've drank with them. They've bought me beer before. They can't be that bad. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't get it. I think it's, I think it's kind of shitty. I think it's shitty that this game, which is going to be, uh, potentially groundbreaking for for what it's going to do to pay structures and and gameplay in general for MMOs is not going to be on one continent. I think that's bullshit. So who knows if they're eventually going to be making enough money that perhaps they're going to then put the server out, although by then you've lost your launch crowd. So who knows? Again, it'll depend on how well the game is going before we can find out. Um, what's been going on this week as well is we had uh, a couple of releases on Xboxes that were fun. We had Earthworm Jim was a blast. I don't yeah, know if you've been playing that. Dude, I've been having fun with that. My son's been and playing it. I forgot it. how hard that freaking game was. Level yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> oh. no, the, the, the damn puppy. That puppy. Oh, God. Yeah. That don't, freaking dog. Yes. <laughs> so and the multiplayer works fantastic i've been playing uh, with my son and we've been having a blast but also we got the demo for war for cybertron so yes. i'm assuming that you boys have been playing a lot of this i actually have not so what are your thoughts on it uh rock fucking solid i mean i i dove in i downloaded it and i i started playing it right away and it's deathmatch style multiplayer teams versus teams right now you get two choices scouts and tanks and it was just awesome. It felt like old school Quake. I mean, I mean, I understand it's built on the Unreal Engine, but it, it felt like that type of epic deathmatch. And to be able to switch between vehicles and still fire, to be able to get into hand-to-hand combat, boost all the different movements that you have, all the different weapons you can choose from, uh, the fact that you can claim the weapons from those you kill, uh, you level up as you kill and earn points, you get assists. I don't know, it's just wicked. It's ridiculously awesome. It's high-paced, high-intensity, at least the games I've been playing. And I'm sitting there getting like, right into it, like, oh my god, I can't believe I fucking died. You know, we're getting ready to, to scream and hit things so it's awesome yeah just to just to drive home that awesomeness i want to tell you guys about an experience i had in the demo (laughs) i was playing i was playing as my scout and you know i come around a corner and there is this huge fucking battle going on just laser beams flying around swords and axes just ridiculousness now as a fragile little scout i can't get in there and mix it up with those soldiers so i hit my cloaking ability Mm-hmm. I pop off a couple, sni- couple sniper rounds. I jump out, transform in a fluid motion, mind you, which is just phenomenal. Like you actually yes. feel like you're transforming. It's not like the game stops and you go through this bulky animation. No, it's very fluid and it actually goes in with whatever movements your character is doing at the time. Transform, boost across the map, fire guns as my car, hit a ramp, transform again in midair, use my melee ability to backstab a dude, kill him in one hit hit the ground and drive off again before they can even touch me. That's, that's retarded how awesome that is. <laughs> oh, and, um, and Optimus is your arena deathmatch announcer. And I can only assume, because I've only played as uh, Autobots, I can only assume that Megatron is the voice for, uh, for the Decepticons. In the demo, just for file size purposes, it's still Optimus, but I'm pretty sure I heard in the multiplayer trailer that it is Megatron's voice. Yeah, so that's awesome. So if the campaign mode is half as cool as the multiplayer is, oh man, 
forget the control, about it. And the control scheme, the control scheme is intuitive. I mean, it doesn't cause you to do any weird button key combinations in order to transform. You just push your, your joystick down a little bit. You just push it in, transform, done. Uh, you want to fire a gun, pull a trigger. Hey, look at that. Uh, throwing grenades, everything. Uh, it's all very well laid out. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely yep. ridiculous. Ultimately, the game's not about multiplayer. It only has eight maps and six game modes. But just as a primer of how the game's going to feel in my hands, I'm perfectly happy not getting an ounce of story out of this demo because now I at least know the game's going to feel right. And whatever story they throw at me, I'm going to be able to experience properly. Yep. Okay. And what do the graphics look like? <laughs> Beautiful. Um, okay. There's one map where you can actually look up from the trenches and see the moon for Cybertron um, and all the spires around it. And I died because I sat there just <laughs> looking at it like, oh, my God, this is gorgeous. Next thing I know, I have an axe sticking out of my chest, but it was so worth it. <laughs> and, it, and it's the details because you're not just holding the gun. Your arm is your weapon. Mm -hmm. So when you switch weapons, you actually see every little detail on your arm transform, transform. itself to form the new weapon. And the little details like that are what really is going to make the game. It's cool. it's so far. It's just, it's an absolutely gorgeous looking experience. And I will call it an experience because I think it's going to be a little bit more than just a random game for most people out there. And uh, they did something that made me feel nostalgia and pride in my youth. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to download it. I, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's a fair size, though, is it not? Oh, it's like 800 megabytes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good size, but it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's worth it. Uh, no, definitely. I do want to fool around with it and get a good impression for it because it is a game that I want to pick up when it comes out. Uh, something else that we got to see a trailer for um, in prep for E3 as well was Battlestar Galactica Online. It was fairly cool because it gave you some in insight to a certain degree about what it's going to be like with the the, uh, the ship battles and whatnot kind of thing. But it was interesting to see how you're they're, they're introducing factions. You're going to be able to play either as the humans or Cylons. That's freaking cool. But you guys oh. don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what I, I, I like the idea behind it. Um, the problem that I'm having is the way that they're saying the game is going to be based, which is going to be a browser MMO, right? Yeah. And what we're seeing so far is we are seeing trailers. We're not seeing gameplay. We're not seeing footage. We are seeing computer-generated trailers, video, and that's really it. Now, I love Battlestar Galactica. I absolutely love the idea of being able to play as humans or Cylon and being involved in this huge war um, for the survival of humanity. Uh, you know, I like that idea, but I'm kind of afraid that we're going to get the old Asian switcheroo here. And I'm sorry to say it like that, but, you know, Rick has said it before. You know, Sammy said it before. You've said it before. I've said it before. There's a difference between really, really, really good trailers and really good gameplay. And I'm worried that we're going to get really, really good trailers, and I think the gameplay might suck. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about. It's kind of one of those but things where I want it. Ugh, I yeah. agree, but the, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if it's a web-based game or a game that they're spending a small fortune on developing so it looks 
awesomely pretty high on the same can be said of any game so until you see it yeah but it, mm-hmm. it, it's not because it's going to be web-based that it may potentially suck in my opinion but yeah i agree i want to see more i want to see in-game footage to see what's happening and and just how cool it's going to be but i'm not i'm not doubting it because it's web-based i i refuse to do that i want to see just how far they could push the envelope with that um what else were we going to talk about we were going to talk about the final fantasy 14 creation that uh video that came out which the video was hokey as all hell ridiculously (laughs) stupid um though i i wasn't surprised given the ip and 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 whatnot but it was uh it was it was interesting i mean i didn't find that there was that i mean they make it seem as if oh my god look at all the different not that that many different choices overall but still i more than what i was initially thinking was going to be in there or what was actually in the alpha if i'm not mistaken well it's not as much as we're seeing from other games and yes it's still in development but let's let's compare it to terra mm-hmm. final fantasy 14 is farther along in its development cycle than terra you know it's getting ready to enter its full beta terra is still in, in its growing stages. And that's not a lot of options. And just knowing the way Square is treating this game, that's probably all the options we're going to see. <laughs> so it's it's by today's MMO standards, it's not very many options at all. Like there's no, you know, sliders that we're used to in a lot of newer games to completely customize your character. It's all drop down lists, which is fine until the drop down list only has two options. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was overly impressed. But then again, I, everything else that I've seen of the game looks pretty enough that if everybody looks somewhat alike, I'm kind of all right with that. Um, just so long as the game is more playable than what we've been reading about lately, which is a little scary. But Yeah, uh, but, you know, to put a little good along with the bad, with the exception of your appearance... Everything else you're choosing in that character creation is going to affect your game somehow. What race you're going to choose, obviously. Each race has two different clans that are going to have different gameplay experiences, different quests. You have to choose your own birthday, which is going to affect something in the game. We, you know, If you have any idea how complicated... Cake. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Yeah. If you have any idea how complicated some systems were in Final Fantasy XI, this birthday could affect anything from crafting to combat to rare monster spawns. So we have no idea where that's going to go as well as your guardian deity. You have 12 different gods to choose from that are going to affect your character in some way in the game. So while we are ragging on the physical options, the non-physical options that the game is giving you is more than pretty much any other game I've seen. And that's where we actually care about it. When if those, if each of those options is going to make that big of a difference in terms of your gameplay, I'd rather the differences in gameplay than just cosmetics. Absolutely. So, okay, we're going to wrap it up at that. I'm going to add a couple of links to some some more trailers in the show notes for y'all to uh, check out if you want. There's the awesome StarCraft II trailer. There's a Dragon Quest IX trailer as well. And then I will see if I can find some other ones, including the Balsar 
Galactica, that one I do know I have, and, and a couple of the other ones as well. So you can go through the list there because we are getting a metric fuck ton of them courtesy of E3 right now. So that's going to wrap it up. I will have the podcast out to you guys tomorrow. There is a feature from my man Chris because he was on time with his, requ- his, uh, his feature. So it'll be out tomorrow and we will talk to you guys later. Kirby with the Handheld Minutes with a review for Spectral Force Genesis. Tactical RPGs have a very special place in my heart. I love them. I grew up on a few, one of them being Romance of the Three Kingdoms. This game we're talking about today is a tactical RPG. It has troops that you need to gather and place under your various generals. Generals are able to command three types of troops, attack, defense, and magic. Which means battles devolve into a rock-paper-scissors game. Attack is strong versus magic, magic is strong versus defense, and defense is strong versus attack. Also, you have to control your troops with a stylus. Controlling it with your finger becomes nearly impossible to use the abilities and to place them in the right place. The game allows you to impose extra taxes on your people and draft more soldiers. You can also find and steal other generals, improvements of local economy and walls, you can create alliances, attack and loot other nations, all very cool stuff. And for me, this is a structure of a really awesome game. However, we have a few issues. First, the game is divided in 12 months, and for each of those months, the game randomly generates what you can do for each of those months. Meaning, one month you could collect taxes and hire troops, another you find and steal generals, Another, you attack or loot cities. It's entirely possible to have six months or more where you're unable to attack other cities. Last I checked, armies could attack at will. Oh, and your soldiers can be werewolves, ninjas, humans, undead. But nothing in the game says if that really matters and I was too busy trying to figure out where to put my troops to enjoy the tiny people attacking on the field. When it was my month to attack. There are a few features of the game where it gives relevant stats to let you know which character is the best to do, say, find a general. But there are other times where it won't even tell you what the relevant stat is, so I assumed anyone would do and usually it failed. You don't have to worry about where to place your troops as they seem to have the ability to be anywhere at any time. Which for me throws out a very important tactical point you can exploit in your enemies or something that you need to cover in your own troops. There is a story in the game, but only vaguely, which in a game like this could be a very strong point. Personally, I don't mind a lack of a story, in a good game, but in this game it would have been a nice distraction. Now the gameplay that they do have is okay, it's middle of the ground. I would have liked it much better if you could perform any of the actions any month. If it was clear on which stats would help, various tasks would also help too. If you still want to try this game out, it goes for $20 and was released in the US in March of this year. This has been Kirby with the Handheld Minutes. Good day.
that trailer makes me happy in the pants. Jesus Christ, man. How awesome must it be to be Bioware? <laughs> they show up, say four sentences, play a video, walk off the stage and win the fucking day. <laughs> Which is a ridiculous name in my opinion. Um, and then a lot of the Better stuff with... Natal. <laughs> you know what? I didn't mind Natal. Hey, don't blame them because you couldn't pronounce it. I think they've realized letting Peter Molyneux talk isn't helping anything. What, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. I just lost your interest is what you're saying. All right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Yeah, you you said iPad, and I kind of nodded off after that. Yeah, fine. <laughs> here I am trying to impress you with my comic knowledge, reading all these things just so that I can be a comic nerd like you, and you ignore me. Well, nobody can be like me, but you, you can try. Hey, pff, I got 133 issues of that Green Lantern War of Light thing. And I'm reading every goddamn one. And then I'll be as smart as you. I'll be like, I am the comic nerd. Look at I read all this crap. I read this booster goal issue because there was a tie-in in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, mister. Has more pockets <laughs> than a pool hole. Oh my god, I should have stopped reading right there. <laughs> And at one point he gets kicked in the jaw and his and he's the little monologue thing is oh my dental bill is gonna be huge this month or something like that and you're going oh oh no no don't oh god who wrote this but I'm muscling through them for you just so that I can have that nerd comic book nerd cred that's what I'm doing apparently I can't I can't I can't gain your respect through my intellect apparently. I'm going to hope that he got disconnected and not that he decided to hang up on me. I'm done talking to you, old man. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> we are a pro organization here. That's all I got to say. Well, he'd been quiet a little too long. <laughs> so, Dude, I, fi I figured it was his Microsoft exacting revenge for the fact you're talking about their product while on a Mac. Jesus, what the hell was that? We talked about Connect for too long and even the fucking feed gives out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, we, we could all say that with our, you know, blogs and everything else. Like, I, I would just be, you know, one of the anonymous masses if it wasn't for Warcraft. Nothing wrong with the anonymous masses. We love you guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. God, God, God damn. Where are you guys? <laughs> shit. It was, he's, he's hungry? Somebody should put uh, a caption that says "num num num." <laughs> it's but it, it's it's it is his it's one of his shows of power. Whatever he can just waltz into Stormin and destroy an entire section of it and leave yeah. without being challenged. I mean, look as at the I, buildings. This is not a hacked file. Yeah, as I read somewhere on one of the many sites talking about the uh, the alpha and the, the lore, he's kind of pissed that his daughter's head is being displayed in Stormwind, and so he wanted to pay them back. Yeah. That my understanding is he hits Stormwind, destroys the park, and takes the heads. That's fine. And hey, That's I have fine. plenty That's of time fine. now that I'm done with those goddamn articles. That's fine. Tart, I know you're listening. Screw you. <laughs> Tart would be very proud of me for trying to become a comic book nerd, too. I think she would be. I've got 133 issues to read for that War of Light Green Lantern thing, and by gum, I'm going to do it. Don't 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 read them all. I Please. will read every last one of them. 
even you're going to get halfway through one of those Grant Morrison Batman issues and throw the whole freaking thing away. If yep. I could read the freaking Batman versus Punisher, I can stomach some of this other crap. You've never read Grant Morrison. <laughs> we'll see.